Good morning, it's 8.10 on the Friday edition of Jacksonville's Morning News. Donald Trump can't even handle the rough and tumble of a presidential campaign. Over and over again, Hillary Clinton hit Donald Trump as unfit for the Oval Office. You can head to uh, WOKV.com for an instant a replay of some of the key takeaways from our Washington insider, Jamie Dupree, our own Mark Kay, also in Philadelphia, to watch the uh, week's uh, festivities uh, on the at the Democratic National Convention and the historic achievement for Hillary Clinton. I mean, we don't want to undersell that in any way, being the first uh, female to be uh, um, uh, nominated for president of a respective party. What was the atmosphere there as she said those words, I proudly accept your nomination for president of the United States? Oh, hi, Rich. I'll tell you what, the atmosphere was always exciting and also very tense because there were a lot of reports of protesters, what was going to happen, who was going to show up. Of course, historic moment, first woman, major party. That was great. Chelsea came out, gave her speech. That was lovely. They showed this very long video about Hillary Clinton. But I'll tell you, the one thing that, that many people watching at home don't realize is that when you hear these chants of Hillary, 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 it's not necessarily because they love what she's saying. It's to drown out the anti-Hillary chants and the protesters that, that kind of pop up in the audience. Same happens in the RNC. Whenever they start yelling Trump, Trump, Trump in the middle of a sentence, it's because someone else is screaming and they want to, you know, draw attention away from that. Yeah, it didn't seem to distract her, which is probably, uh, you know, for supporters of Hillary Clinton, good that she didn't really uh, feed into that. But even Jamie Dupree caught up on that and said there were hecklers, and you could certainly hear them, maybe not a huge number, but they were certainly vocal. Oh, yeah, and there was even there was even a Black Lives Matter protester who yelled out during the moment of silence to honor the fallen officers. It's, it's a really heated Democratic National Convention, yes. There's a lot of hoopla, there's a lot of excitement, it's a great big party, and everyone's very excited that Hillary Clinton is the nominee. But on the flip side, you've got a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters who are out there still upset, still reeling, and still trying to do whatever they can to keep Hillary Clinton out of the White House. So she's got a, she's got a, a two-front battle that she's got a wage going into November. Whereas last week, one of the storylines was how the Trump children really helped to paint a, a, a positive picture for him as more of a human and less of what we've been able to see on the campaign trail or what's been painted uh, by the news media over the last year since he entered the race. How did Chelsea Clinton perform in terms of uh, uh, painting the picture of her mom or maybe telling stories that we don't yet know about Hillary Clinton? Any, any new uh, things that you heard out of that last night? You know, it seems like she did okay. She seemed really nervous. Everyone liked her speech. She's a very likable person. And we, she did exactly what we knew she was going to do. She was going to talk about her mom. She was going to talk about uh, her grandmother, or I'm sorry, her mom being a grandmother, paint that human side, reach out to the women that Donald Trump has pretty much ostracized a lot of. Uh, but at the same time, when we got into the speech, and when you see what the other speakers were doing, Joe Biden, President Obama, they were actually... They were actually touching on her accomplishments or their claimed accomplishments that she has, trying to paint her as a political leader. So, you know, a lot of people say she's a Washington insider. That's bad. Hillary Clinton, it appears, is grabbing that torch and running with it, saying, I've been around for 25 years. I'm the best person for the job. When a lot of people think exactly the opposite. 25 years, that's too much. We need some fresh blood. So we'll see how it pans out. A lot of great uh, video content uh, that Mark Kay led in Philadelphia on our Facebook, if you want to have a look at that. And Mark, coming up this Sunday on WOKV, heard every Sunday here, as you were hitting the streets in Philadelphia, did you get a sense from uh, Democrats, specifically uh, Clinton supporters, that they're underestimating or overestimating the support that's behind Donald Trump? I think a lot of people are underestimating it. And I think if you watch Twitter and you've watched social media, you'll see uh, that there's a lot of people out there who no matter what kind of pomp and circumstance you see from Hillary Clinton and from the Democrats, 
They're not forgetting the email scandal. They're not forgetting Benghazi. They're not forgetting Obamacare. They're not forgetting Bill Clinton. And, and that's one of the things people are most annoyed about, is that she's hidden the past that we're all so familiar with. Even in the video that Shonda Rhimes produced for her to open, which was ironic, the producer of Scandal did Hillary Clinton's entry video. They, they left out everything in the 90s about Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky, and they just... It pretended that it didn't exist, but everyone else seems to remember that, and they're kind of questioning why are we why are we forgetting that part of her life? That's a, that's a big part of who she is. As you go up thirty thousand feet, what were some of the memorable moments or exchanges that you saw, witnessed, heard about uh, in Philadelphia? And then I guess I'd follow that up with, as you look back over the last two weeks, some of the most memorable moments of these political conventions. Well, one of the most memorable moments for me was Cory Booker introducing Lady Gaga, which I thought I would never see in my entire life. So that was exciting. <laughs> Uh, I also quite enjoyed Michael Steele, the former Republican uh, National Committee chairman, and he, he also uh, was from Maryland. He was taking a slew of pictures. I don't know if people didn't know who he was or they thought he was someone else, but he was one of the most popular people at the Democratic National Convention. Uh, also, I, I tripped over Carl Rove as he was getting onto an NBC golf cart, so that was kind of fun, too. Those were my big those are my big memorable moments. <laughs> and your first round of political conventions are now in the books. A lot of those great moments from uh, Facebook Live video exchanges that uh, happened. You back with Herman uh, later this morning, or is that going to be next week? I will actually be on an airplane to Buffalo for a family reunion, so my week is, <laughs> my weekend's just beginning, Rich. <laughs> Well, have a safe trip there as well, and uh, a regular contributor to the Herman Cain Show throughout the last couple of weeks here is Mark Kay. You hear him every Sunday night here on News 104.5 from Philly. Did you hear Hall of Famer, Basketball Hall of Famer Kareem Abdul-Jabbar greet the crowd? I'm Michael Jordan, and I'm here with Hillary. I said that because I know that uh, Donald Trump couldn't tell the difference. Man, there were a number of jabs that were taken at Donald Trump throughout the course of this week at the Democratic National Convention. Former Michigan Governor Jennifer Granholm. Donald! Donald! You're so vain. You probably think this speech is about you. Just ahead in the next 10 minutes, Herman Cain with the reaction that Donald Trump was tweeting last night during Hillary Clinton's address. 8.22 on this special hour-long edition of Jacksonville's Morning News focused on the Democratic National Convention. I accept your nomination. Hillary Clinton declared the election a moment of reckoning for the voters, accepting the nomination, vowing to spur new economic growth, create new opportunities, and then joining other Democrats throughout the week and ridiculing Donald Trump. Herman Cain is uh, raring to go at 9 o'clock. And imagine you have got so much audio you're going to be playing and a lot of reaction that comes as well. Uh, probably not surprising to hear her take jabs, but it was over and over and over again. She repeatedly jabbed at uh, Donald Trump in last night's acceptance speech. Does that help or hurt the cause going forward, do you think? I don't think it helps the cause. I think the only thing, the biggest thing that I believe Hillary Clinton accomplished last night was it solidified all of the women who are going to vote for her because she's a woman. It solidified some of the traditional Democrat voters who are going to vote Democrat anyway. But I don't think, I don't think it swayed independents, and it certainly didn't attract any conservatives or Republicans, not in any huge numbers. So, And there was a lot of... Uh, attitudes and a lot of hyperbole, and that's it. I don't think it did anything to change anybody's mind. Clinton hit Trump on why, on trade, on why he makes suits and ties overseas and not here in the U.S. Is that an issue that we should expect over the coming weeks and months on the campaign trail in the last 100-plus days before November 8th that we should expect to see and hear their next, uh, the first debate, actually, coming up in late September? Yeah, I would expect that Hillary Clinton 
uh, and uh, for VP nominee uh, Kane, I have a hard time saying it because he spells it wrong, <laughs> K-A-I-N-E. Uh, but that's okay. I don't want him to get they don't get people confused with the Kane, C-A-I-N. She's going to hit him with this whole thing about the things that he gets made overseas. They're going to continue to pound the message because I've heard several times about he is not uh, competent or has the temperament to be president. These are things that they throw out there hoping that it'll stick. They don't really have any evidence of that, but they're going to pound him on that, going to pound him. He has no political experience, but that's not going to draw any people. One of the reasons he's doing so well is because he is not a politician. So those are going to be some of the recurring messages and attacks that they're going to try to do on Donald Trump in order to try to get some of it to stick. Herman Cain here on Jacksonville's only all-news morning show, spelled C-A-I-N-V, Herman Cain on, on Twitter. I like that, <laughs> So as you look big picture, you have a lot of um, people who, who likely are not settled on Donald Trump just yet, a lot of Republicans or conservatives who may not be settled, and so maybe not that full-throated endorsement. Last week in Cleveland, though, there was a lot of support there, and you witnessed that. And then you also yep. have a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters who are still not settled on Hillary Clinton. In fact, many were heckling last evening during her address. They didn't drown her out. She actually never acknowledged them. Uh, who has the best chance of maybe bringing in, coalescing those people or who today on uh, July 29th are maybe not settled? I believe that Donald Trump has the greatest opportunity to attract some of those voters, and here's why. The Bernie Sanders supporters feel betrayed. They feel betrayed by Bernie Sanders, and they feel betrayed by the Democrat Party because those emails reveal the fact that they were trying to fix this race for Hillary Clinton. On the Republican side, yes, you have some holdouts that are anti-Trump folk, but they're not holding out because anybody was betrayed. They're holding out because they're stuck in their ideological boxes. So there's a big difference between uh, the fractions that you see in both parties. But I think it's going to hurt the Democrat Party more because of this sense of betrayal. And some of those Sanders supporters just aren't going to, you know, go vote for Hillary. They may stay home or they may vote for Donald Trump. In reality, this race is just now capturing a lot of the nation's attention, even though we've been covering it at length for upwards of a year plus, Herman. So what's the biggest yes. mistake that a candidate, that a Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump can make over the closing, <clears throat> excuse me, 100 days? And, and what should they <clears throat> be on the lookout for? The biggest mistake I believe they can make is to, to do more attacks rather than laying out what your proposals are. I think people want to hear more about what are your proposals and what are you going to do? Therein lies a big difference between Donald Trump's closing speech last week and Hillary Clinton's. Donald Trump actually put more meat on the bones. It was powerful, it was focused, and he gave some specifics. Hillary didn't give any specifics, and it wasn't really all that focused. She wanted to make sure that she touched all of the hot buttons for every one of the uh, constituency, constituency groups out there, say all of the right things, you know, and... So I just don't think the biggest thing, is, and then the attacks, the biggest mistake is to attack, 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 attack. Talk about what you're going to do. That would be my advice. we got three debates. First one is up September 26th, then October 4th and October 9th. It is going to be a fascinating uh, show over the next 100-plus days. Herman Cain is straight up at 9 o'clock with his daily presidential race analysis, y'all, at 10 o'clock, spelled C-A-I-N, as Jacksonville's morning news continues on this uh, Friday morning. 8.41 on this special hour edition of Jacksonville's morning news on the Democratic National Convention now in the books. I'm happy for grandmothers and little girls and everyone in between. I'm happy for boys and men, because when any barrier falls in America, 
it clears the way for everyone. Hillary Clinton in her acceptance speech in Philly, where our live team coverage continues. WOKV Stephanie Brown has been embedded with the Florida Democrats all this week. I would imagine they probably leave Philadelphia a little bit bleary-eyed, as you probably are as well, after maybe 90 minutes of sleep, but with a sense of energy as they take that forward to the campaign trail. And, and I would uh, assume there's probably still a sense of uh, we still have to convince those Bernie Sanders supporters to get on board. That's absolutely going to be a huge effort. You know, a lot of the delegates that I've been speaking with out of the Northeast Florida area do believe that over the course of this week, they've seen some of that coalescence kind of take place with some of the Sanders supporters starting to at least be open-minded. But when I'm speaking with those Sanders supporters, they're definitely a little more skeptical. There is a broad range right now. Some of them are open-minded and really like to hear what Hillary had to say last night, especially in her recognition of the work that Senator Sanders has done and her commitment to continue to work with him on policy initiatives like making college more accessible to people. But ultimately, you have people on the other side as well that still feel disenfranchised by the process and don't really see anything that Clinton said as genuine. So despite what she said, they don't believe her. And ultimately, that's going to be one of the biggest obstacles to getting them to vote. The week got off to such a challenging start for Democrats, as you witnessed. And if you go back to WOKV.com and dig a little uh, deeper through Stephanie's reporting through this week, Debbie Wasserman Schultz booed uh, relentlessly at the Florida delegation breakfast early in the week. As the week wore on, was there a certain air of acceptance from Florida delegates that this is the way forward and you have either a choice of the Democratic nominee or Donald Trump or a third party candidate? You know, that's one of the big questions as we move toward November is what is going to happen to those people who aren't sold on either candidate? Because by this time, while there have been passionate speeches both this week and last week at the Republican convention, a lot of the people who may have been you know, excited by these speeches, they're probably not the ones that are on the fence. Those are the ones that are already firm supporters on one side or another. If there was any question about any lingering resentment, it was settled last night when we had several points where there were demonstrations inside of the actual arena hall, both in some of the preliminary speakers. There was a group of California delegates that got up and started chanting things like no more war. And during Secretary Clinton's speech um, in itself, that same group chanting things like no more war or no TPP. Now, of course, while that was one group, you then had the entire arena responding by drowning out those chants with their own chants of USA or Hillary, Hillary. So it's clear that she has widespread support among party loyalists but what's unclear is how exactly you get everyone else on board. WOKV Stephanie Brown continuing our live team coverage from Philadelphia. We've got a photo gallery of WOKV's coverage from the Democratic National Convention and last week as well at the Republican National Convention. Now enjoy some rest this weekend, my friend. We'll see you next week here on Jacksonville's Morning News. We bring in uh, WOKV political analyst Rick Mullaney, uh, the president of uh, Jacksonville University Public Policy Institute. You just heard Stephanie Brown talking about the work that has to lie ahead for Hillary Clinton and to bring on more of the Democratic supporters, those who were in the Bernie Sanders camp and maybe are still skeptical. What does the road ahead now look like for Hillary Clinton out of last night's uh, nominating convention? Well, you know, um, I, I actually thought the speech was, from a policy standpoint at least, Rich, was very much designed for them. If you look at the two big threats coming out of that speech, one, one which is a very strong attack 
on Donald Trump and to answer your question, which you can expect over the next 101 days, is a continuation of a very, very strong attack on Donald Trump. But from a policy standpoint last night, most of what she embraced was the Bernie Sanders agenda, whether it was comprehensive immigration reform, guns, minimum wages, taxes. The litany of policy areas that she addressed really were much more from that progressive wing of the party. Um, I don't know if you will see that continue into over the next 121 days. At some point, while it was inviting in tone, maybe to moderates or Republicans, it certainly wasn't, did not appear to be inviting in terms of policy positions, which were really more appealing to the base. Moving forward, expect attacks on Donald Trump, expect an attempt to try to attract more moderates. Did she connect? You know, clearly with the people in the room she did, and I think she's getting a nice shout-out to Bernie Sanders and to her base. But to me, the speech was um, certainly not great oratory, but very effective in in many ways. Um, It's not a speech that I I viewed as inspiring. It certainly wasn't the have the oratorial skills, let's say, of of President Obama from the night before the oratory skills of those. But um, it's hard to measure. Uh, with her speech making. The people in the room obviously loved it. And if you're from that base, there was a lot in there to like. Um, but she doesn't have, she's not the gifted speaker. It was very workmanlike. She did, I do think she did connect on some of her attacks on Donald Trump. That speech did surprise me in how strong the attack was on Donald Trump. And I thought much of it, she landed. WOKV's political analyst Rick Mullaney from JU Public Policy Institute, one of many contributors that we've had the last couple of weeks on the campaign trail with both of these conventions and who we'll continue to turn to in the next 100-plus days on the road to the White House. First debate is up in late September in Hofstra. Good morning. It's 8.53 on the Friday edition of Jacksonville's Morning News, calling it a proud moment. When there are no ceilings, the sky's the limit. Hillary Clinton taking a different tone during portions of her address last night when it came to Donald Trump as she went on the attack in many ways, and uh, Trump uh, replying multiple times throughout the course of the night on Twitter and this morning, just a few minutes ago, tweeting the media coverage this morning has been very average to the Clinton uh, convention uh, uh, and speech, which he called a joke. He says CNN and the little-watched morning Joe equals sad. ABC's Brad Milkey, who's been with us all this week and last week as well at the Republican National Convention, not surprising that uh, these two are at each other's throats, but in terms of the substance and the style and the connection that Hillary Clinton made last night, what was the feeling as as we now look at the morning uh, after this convention uh, is wrapped up. Well, so I, it was a positive vision of America that, that, that the Democrats had sort of been uh, taking on since they heard Donald Trump's address last week, right? When Donald Trump uh, sort of laid out a, a list of issues that the United States was going through, painting this sort of dire, bleak portrait of where the country was at, then saying he could be the one to sort of help lift the country out of that malaise, Ever since that, uh, Hillary Clinton and the rest of the Democrats, everyone at this convention really, uh, was trying to paint uh, this sort of idealistic, you know, strong nation that, that doesn't just need one guy, that, that everyone is already working together to make this country better. And that was sort of the vibe of a lot of the speech. Even when she took him on directly and was attacking him, that was sort of the underlying groundwork to it, which is interesting because uh, over the last several you know, decades, Republicans have been the ones uh, to sort of say America is the greatest country on earth and, and, you know, and we're only going upwards from here. Democrats have been the ones saying we need to change this and this and this. Uh, so it's an interesting you know, flip of where the parties are at right now. A lot of that, I think, thanks to Donald Trump. And she used her speech to repeatedly mock and ridicule Trump, as did many others throughout the course of this week as well. Are there certain uh, digs, I guess, that, that stuck the most from uh, what you've been able to surmise, not only from delegates, but also from the news media members walking around the media center there? 
Well, I, I thought uh, a standout moment was was the uh, was that uh, the Muslim soldier, the U.S. Army captain who was killed in Iraq, whose father then came on, just a uh, you know portrayed as sort of a regular guy, uh, saying you know we are patriotic too. Uh, our son was was uh, sacrificed more than you ever could, Donald Trump. It was sort of stories like this that really you know the, that the you, that the convention uh, kind of made a through line, and Hillary Clinton had a lot of moments like that of just describing uh, how you know being different makes us stronger and, and how uh, the country is better for having all these different groups of people. Uh, those were sort of the the digs that I think uh, Americans will respond to because you know frankly uh, the diversity of the group of people they had up there, I think. It, it, you know, to them makes this look like America. Yeah, that was even our Washington insider, Jamie Dupree's take, calling it one of the most poignant moments from these last two weeks. Listen. I will gladly lend you my copy. He pulled out the Constitution of the United States from his breast pocket. I mean, that was one of those moments that uh, people are talking about. And even conservatives, too. You had Eric Erickson, who's a conservative radio host, talking about, hey, there is something that actually stuck, an attack on Trump that actually stuck, that no Republican ever actually went to. Yeah, and so I, I think that the challenge, again, though, for Clinton will be uh, to show that, you know, not only uh, does, does she understand that the country is, is, is great and diverse and all these things, but that she is a person who, who fundamentally cares about average people. Like, just because you say, uh, you know, this is great and this is great and, and, and this is my platform does not mean that, that you're necessarily going to be the most trustworthy candidate out there. And right now, two-thirds of Americans don't find her trustworthy. That I don't know changed with a lot of people. and In fact, you saw uh, Bernie Sanders supporters in the hall who didn't buy it, let alone maybe undecided voters out there. So now everyone's attention is firmly focused on the next 100 plus days, and you're probably focused on getting some laundry done, I would imagine, Brad, huh? <laughs> you know, I, I had my one suitcase ready to go. It's, it served me well, but now, now I'll get going home. Appreciate the efforts these last two weeks. We'll talk again next week. ABC's Brad Milkey on the road to the White House. Just in the last 24 hours. I accept your nomination. That you only have one person that you want to go after, and that's crooked Hillary Clinton. She made more references to Trump in her acceptance speech, 20, than Donald Trump made of her, just nine. He wants to divide us from the rest of the world and from each other. Let's just win. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And how would you like to be me watching that? garbage list. They told so many different lies. Some of you are frustrated, even furious. And you know what? You're right. It's not yet working the way it should. Jacksonville's morning news is going to be all over the road to the White House in these next 100 plus days in the uh, run up to the November general. Next up is the September 26th first debate at Hofstra. Won't that be fascinating to listen to and watch? We've got you covered every step of the way. We continue our coverage of the Democratic National Convention next on the Herman Cain Show, rolling right into Rush Limbaugh following Jacksonville's news at noon. Have a safe weekend, 858 on Jacksonville's morning news.